This is the World Innovators Podcast with your host, Donna Peterson. I am so delighted today to be sitting down with Sue Brumwich. Sue brings 20 years of marketing experience to us today. She started out as the marketing director at Dovebid, an industrial auction company. She climbed the ladder and then she was the chief marketing officer at Hilco Industrial Europe. 12 years ago though, she left the industrial auction space and started her own company, Simply Smarter Marketing. Now she is helping companies all across the United Kingdom with their marketing, enhancing their brand and increasing their leads. And of course that increases their sales. But before we get started, my name is Donna Peterson and you are listening to The World Innovators Podcast, where we hear insight from marketing executives, business owners, and publishers about quality list sources, marketing techniques and strategies, and what is working right now. Not what worked two years ago, but what is working now. And then of course, I finish up every interview with my favorite question, because marketing is evolving so quickly. How do you keep yourself energized and being innovative and thinking outside the box? But good morning, Sue. Thank you for joining me today. Good morning, Donna. Thank you so much for inviting me to join you. I'm delighted to be here. Oh, I'm just happy to reconnect with you. It's been a while <laughs> since we walked, worked together in that industrial auction space. It and absolutely has. I can't believe 12, pa 12 years has passed so quickly. They don't even get me started. <laughs> <laughs> Because I think when we were sitting in London together, we might have been closer to 15 or let's not, okay, let's not go there. So. Yeah. <laughs> Time moves too quickly. Yes, it does. So I know I mentioned in the intro, we work together in the industrial auction space mm -hmm. and that is a very tricky industry. And I'm curious about how your marketing strategies have changed from when you were working in the industrial auction space to how you handle marketing now. Is there a difference? Are there similarities? Sure. Yeah, there's, there's a whole ton of differences and there's also lots of things that just continue. So with the auction space, you've, you've got this juggling act of every day is a different industry. You're working in a different vertical, it might be a different geographic target, it could be all sorts of things. And running an agency, you see a similar thing where you're working with lots of different industries and business owners and business types. So that's, that's a sort of similar transition, if you like. Um, what's really different about the auction space is it's happening now. You might have six, eight weeks to really turn it around. Find that buyer market, find out how you're going to reach them. Find out what events that they're attending or what emails they read or what publications they absorb on a regular basis. And you've got to do that quickly. <laughs> there is no time to waste. And when you put your messaging out there, it needs to work first time. That's not so different for most SMEs um, who I predominantly work with now because they need everything to pretty much work first time because they don't have 
limited budgets where they can keep plowing more and more money into things. They, they need to have confidence that it's going to work. And it, it's funny because every conversation we have, certainly back when we were working in the auction space together, was always around, is this working? Yeah. Always. It always came back to testing different lists, testing different messaging. And that's no different now. So that carries on. And I think that will always carry on in marketing. Um, but there are also some really distinct changes. I, I remember, you know, back in, in auction days, all you had to pretty much do was go, we have this, here you go. And we get it. If, if this is something you need. Um, it was a really simple transaction. We have this, there is a demand for it. We come together. There's multiple bidders in the room and the price goes up. That is the basis of how an auction works. There weren't as and many auction companies. Again, there wasn't as many auction companies. No, there weren't. You know, there 15, 20 years ago, you know, so you weren't now competing against auction companies versus, you know, now you're competing against them plus the equipment. Plus the equipment, plus you've got um, websites that are just trading individual assets. Yeah. You've got larger companies who have complete distribution programs for, you know, their, their sort of asset chain, as it were. So, so the bigger guys that have got lots of assets to bring to the market, they've got their own thing going on. You've got a lot of competition in the market and also buyers are really savvy. <laughs> they know where to go to find the equipment that they need, um, certainly in used equipment, because I still work with a few used equipment sellers and people know where to go and find this equipment. So yeah. it's self-service. And that is actually a trend that I see across all marketing. Mm -hmm. This idea of self-help and self-education and knowing where to go and knowing what to look for and everything that you need is online. And it's accessible and it's easily found. And there is no reason to be at the mercy, if you like, of somebody yes. else. Right, right. And that actually transcends all industries and all types of customer. They're very well educated now. So that is a distinct difference. Yeah. Um, but I think one of the big things that you and I have talked about a fair amount is, is this kind of relationship building. Mm. Yes. Um, that is a definite difference, mm -hmm. huge difference. And it's almost become more dominant during um, sort of COVID and lockdowns. People want to do things with people they know, like, and trust. Yes. That's always been the case. I've, oh, I but, totally agree with you on that. Yes. Yeah. Um, and relationships don't just happen. No. <laughs> you mean no. you can't just be my friend? <laughs> no. Right? You've earned the right to be my friend. <laughs> oh, come on. I'll pay you $5. <laughs> we, we don't get to just turn up and go, this is what I'm going to sell you. Isn't yeah. it great? Come and buy it, whether that's a product, a service, B2C, B2B, doesn't matter. Yeah. Yana, the days yeah. of people saying, I'm the best, you know? Oh, yeah. And the people who are still doing that, they're so wrong because they're still talking about themselves versus how can we help you? Yeah. You know, there's, there's lots and lots of people who still fail to grasp it. How are you going to help me? What are you going to do for me? What's in it for me? Mm. As, as the person buying the product or service. And it's like, 
well, we're the best and we're the biggest and we've been around for 200 years and it's like, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. Sorry to be brutal, but I do not care. As, as the buyer, if you want my money, you're going to have to work a bit harder than that. Well, some legacy companies feel that still is the case. You know, they don't need to show the love, you know, like you just said, I've been here forever. I've been here for a hundred years. You know, World Innovators has been here for 40 years and I still would not go out to people and say, well, you should work with us. I've been here for 40 years. No, mm-hmm. you, you have to educate. And one of the things I'm doing with the industrial auction companies is I'm telling them, what about those companies who don't know how to buy equipment on industri- you know, on the platform? Mm-hmm. Do a blog about how do you place an offer? How do you do a bid? What other charges are there after the bid is awarded? You know? Yeah. Educating your customers is one of the most amazing ways to illustrate your integrity why somebody should trust you yeah and in a lot of cases your your expertise it's it's a beautiful soft sell it's like we know all about this we are experts at this we are subject matter specialists at this and this could be anything yeah see that's Um, why we're friends because i just (laughs) love your expertise (laughs) We're, we're aligned in this you see and this is the thing we've had years to get to know each other yeah yeah. And people now are, and we've met face to face, and you know, we've attended events together and we've worked together for so long. I know that I can trust the list that you deliver. Yeah. I know they're going to be what I expect. You know, you are a trusted source of data files and wider marketing sources. You know, but I don't. I don't know if, and I don't want to say it's the younger generation because it's not. It kind of goes across all generations. Sometimes they don't put value in, you know, the knowledge. So it gets to that point where you have to educate your client on your knowledge. Yeah. It's almost like you've got to take a video and put it on fast forward because you've got to go through all your years of saying, okay, I started off doing this and Honestly, it just makes you feel old when you start replaying it. <laughs> so I try to avoid well, that. Hey, I'm older than you, so let's not go there. <laughs> it's the trouble is, I think one of the biggest challenges that people find now is they come to me and they say, "What should I do?" And they're expecting a one tactic answer. Yeah. Do this, and it's because it's flavor of the month, or it's the next big thing, or their friend had told them that it's worked really well for them. Um, I have these conversations daily with people who they're not asking a lot. They are simply asking for their marketing to work. Yeah. Well, if you're investing money in marketing, you have every right to ask for it to work. Yes. You know? Yeah. If you went and bought a car from a dealership and the dancing wouldn't start, you you would be (laughs) rightly upset. Okay. Yeah. So if you're investing in marketing, it should work. But the reality is we could run an identical campaign for two different projects and it would absolutely fly for one client and it would be mediocre for another. Right. right. There are so many variations between customers, um, between clients, you know, who you're selling to, who you are, whether that is a good fit. Have you conveyed that? What language are you using? All of these things, they all come together. So you can't, whilst experience is great, you can't say, oh, I've got the blueprint. Oh, yeah. Honestly, if I had that amazing blueprint, 
we probably won't be having this conversation because I don't think Wi-Fi is really great on, you know, a beach somewhere very hot. But um, the thing is, even if you had, let's say, the perfect blueprint a year and a half ago, it wouldn't work now. It's yeah. No, no. You've got to keep going. So this is one thing that has stayed with me since the days of running auctions is this concept a really simple test measure adjust yes yeah you test it does it work hey let's do more let's test this let's tweak this let's yeah. change that are our results better or worse yeah there's yeah. no right or wrong yeah when i do um, recommendations i'll say to the client okay let's you know if they want to do five or so lists you know let's keep at least two as our steadfast, we know we get great response for them, but let's start to test new ones because just like you, Absolutely. between, you know, marketing results go up and down based on the economy, what's going yep. on in the world, where, especially with the auction space, what do those companies need at this time? Yep. But lists too, sometimes they're working and then sometimes they drop off and that's when we need to dive in and figure out what made yep. them drop off. You because know, he so. knows it could be that a particular vertical has been incredibly busy on yes. events or there could have been some change in the legislation, which means their inboxes are overflowing with more and more messages and your message gets buried. We saw that on the pharmaceutical drug discovery side, you know, yeah. <laughs> this fall, because obviously everyone was buying lab equipment or figuring out <laughs> how to produce the vaccine fast enough. And then after they started to produce the vaccine, I heard the big issue is how do we get more syringes? You know, how can people manufacture yeah. more? And we've run out of vials. We've got all of this yes. thing. We've got nothing to put it in. <laughs> it's like, yeah, nobody thought about the packaging. Um, <laughs> but it, it, it's all of these fluctuations and it's not just about buyer demand either. Yeah. The, the changing um, sort of landscape, if you like, in any industry, impacts the messages people are getting through their email mm -hmm. what they see in articles but where are your customers anyway are they on social media are they on linkedin are they, where are they and what are they seeing what are they inundated with right now because we are all absolutely swamped in information yes yeah you know i i am surrounded all day by screens and things pinging and bonging and all sorts of things <laughs> there's no way i can read everything that would be utterly ludicrous to even try yeah. So you have to be selective. And something I've noticed that's interesting over the last 12 months, because now we're coming out of COVID, I'm starting to reflect, well, what, what have I actually seen change? Yeah. Um, and I found that a lot of people are being very selective now about where they will invest their time. Yeah. Yeah. So you need to be giving a lot of value to justify your place in somebody's inbox. Yes. I agree. And, and I think a lot of people are turning more to the family and, you know, their home life. And so they need things that can get done quicker. Yes. They don't have to spend and as many work hours. There feels like more of a blend between home and work. Yeah. Which I think is good. Life yes. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, we are, we are all people. Mm -hmm. And like we were saying earlier that you need to know, like, and trust somebody. It's about authenticity. Yes. And I know I don't stop being me at the end of my working day and I suddenly morph into somebody else. Oh, come on. <laughs> you take off that. <laughs> take off the mask. Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> when you're a green alien, alien, I don't know. <laughs> Someone's been watching Men in Black. Uh -oh. 
but that's that's what I mean. And when we've got our marketing hat on, we are selling to people. We're connecting with people, and a person doesn't change whether they are sat at a desk in an office nine to five or on a factory floor, whatever it may be, versus around the kitchen table with the kids. And <laughs> I, I've loved parts of the last year actually, because to see people like maneuver. I, I've worked remotely for over a decade. This is yes. business as usual for me. It's been a really easy move. <laughs> but for a lot of people, it's like people just randomly knock on the door. What is that all about? And they'll be in a meeting <laughs> and it's like, how do I handle this? Um, and it's like people have suddenly become a lot more relaxed. Yeah. Yeah. It's like we're just here and we're doing what we need to do and we're getting business done. But I'm also, you know, taking care of the kids. Right. And right. somehow juggling homeschooling and 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 all these other things. And we've yes. just had to relax with it. We've had no choice. Yeah. I've it's said like, that. This is just how it is. Yes, I had an episode, I think it was our first one, and I was talking to Barbara Falk about how that separation, you know, B2B was always here and B2C was here. Yeah. And I know uh, on the B2B side, I never told people when I was pregnant and when I was having my children, when I got married, you know, I did not talk about my personal life at all because, you know, of course, back then it was a sign of weakness or a distraction per se. Yeah. We're a proper professional if, if you had more important things, quite frankly, going on at home. Right. That was seen as unprofessional. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Times have definitely changed for the better, I think. Yes, they have. Well, you know, they have, but I hope we haven't relaxed it too much because I'm hearing. <laughs> I've heard some details from people. I'm like, oh, oh, <laughs> too much. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I have to be honest. I'm still not interested in working people on video calls when they're in their pajamas. That's really not my thing. <laughs> oh, shoot. I shouldn't show you the pajama pants I have on right now. <laughs> All right, we do need to read a style now. You don't like talking to the client who's laying in his bed? <laughs> like as he's talking to you. <laughs> you joke, but I have actually experienced. Oh no, get out of here. Yeah, it was very relaxed. Let's put it like that. Um, I'm a bit uncomfortable with that. But things are doing really well now at home. They've got really great setup. Yeah. Um, I mean, just before you started to record this, we, we checked, you know, can you hear me okay? People have got better sound at home. But this is brilliant. Yeah. Because people are able to adapt their lives around work now far more easily. And it's yeah. like, it's actually okay just to jump on a video call for 15 minutes, get some stuff done, and then go back to doing whatever you were doing before. Right. That's perfectly okay. And we're learning to sort of switch between these things a little bit more and that we don't have to be in an office nine yeah. to five. It's yeah. not necessarily the most productive way to work. No, no. Well, and you know, with my last question, well, not, we're not there yet, but about energizing yourself. And I don't do this, I really should, but get up from your desk every you know, two hours or 20 minutes and walk around outside. You know, it helps clear your head and helps you think a little bit you know, more innovative. You can just really. do what I do and stand up most of the time. Well, I'm you know, you can tell I'm standing. Up my standing desk now. <laughs> People get a little bit freaked out when you start moving around and it's like, I see you're not sat down. It's like, no, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Well, my problem is this. I'll be on a call and all of a sudden I'll find myself. And yep. I'm like, okay, stop the swaying. <laughs> it 
he's like, put your music on and just have a bit of a dance. Oh, <laughs> I, I really it. loved what Barbara was saying in an earlier episode about the way people communicate as well as change, but people are now more open, certainly on social media. Yeah. LinkedIn has always been the home of B2B. Um, and it was typically recruitment, but we're getting much more success now in terms of driving lead generation and yeah. building relationships through LinkedIn, real conversations. But Facebook has always surprised me mm. that you can actually reach business customers on Facebook. Yeah. I don't do mark that as, you know, that's that's the place where you share family news and, and personal things and connecting with consumers is great, but for business, not so much. Yeah. I'm really starting to change my mind now. And yeah. you can get some really good traction on Facebook. And I think it is because people are relaxing those lines between the professional and the personal. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think you're, 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 you're right there. And also with LinkedIn, I agree, it's B2B, but it is getting plummeted by the B2B automatic you know, messaging. And yeah. you know, that's why I talk to my clients, if you're gonna do LinkedIn, let's go slow and steady with nice, authentic messaging coming from the president who actually knows it's being sent, you know? Yeah, so, exactly. And find that connection with the individual you're connecting with. Even with me, I connected with someone the other day and she had a nice natural background. Well, loving the outdoors, I just said, oh, I love your background, blah, blah, blah. We started talking, we both would love to loan own lake houses someday so oh. we found a commonality and I don't know if you read the book called Finocracy by no. David Cameron Scott so it's all about instead of just selling try to connect with people that have similar interests to you so like you and I you and I could sit and talk about marketing till the days you know goes yeah. on forever but you know other people who might not know me it could be more hey you've got a natural background or oh is that mount snow where i like to go skiing and you get yeah. that comment or you it could be the beach you know you yeah. could say oh you're on the beach i love the beach or oh that's an rv i had one at one point in my life so you know it's so funny in the last six months i've probably learned more about my clients yeah. And, and kids and things like that than I have in all of the years prior to that put together. And sometimes that information helps you with their businesses. It does. Because it really you, get, does. you get an insight into one, how they think, but also how they consume the information that you're giving them, you know, about yeah. a marketing plan. You know, there's yeah. some clients I deal with who are more the thinkers and there's more, you know, the ones who want to see on a chart, okay, this number, this is the cost, this, this, and this is what you get, where others are into, you know, if we do this now, it's only a building, it's only, you know, a stepping stone to this next step. And so it, it is teaching us. Yeah, absolutely. And it's quite interesting when um, you get an insight into people's environment as well, you get an idea as to whether they're a visual person or not. Yes. Um, um, we try and adapt to the way we communicate with people. So for some people, we'll send them video messages. Yeah. Other people will send them lengthy reports. Mm -hmm. It very much depends on their preferred communication style and what works for them. Nice. Um, yeah. And getting to know people on a personal level really helps us get that right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you're talking, what, what, what you were just saying, when you're talking about connecting on LinkedIn, I saw something yesterday where on Vidyard, they get the person's profile who they're trying to connect with, and that's the background. 
Oh, and nice. then they do a video down at the bottom just saying, I saw your profile, which is now in the background, which of course sparks anyone's interest. I see yeah. that we have this, this, and this in common. If you have this challenge, you know, and so it's just a way of trying to connect with them. But like you said, you're looking at their profile. So you're speaking directly to them. Correct. And the yeah. thing is, you, you're demonstrating that you have taken the time and trouble to get to know them as best you can from the information available. Right. You haven't just blanket sent the same cookie cutter message to everybody. Yes. You, you're not just reaching out to 5,000 people that week. Right. Who you've randomly picked because they happen to be in a particular industry. Mm -hmm. um, you, you've actually looked at their profile. You believe that what you're offering them is of value to them. And that is, that is the difference. Is yeah. what I'm offering of value to the recipient or am I actually just serving myself? Because simply serving yourself doesn't work. We are all inundated with those lovely connection requests on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. and it's like the, the connection request comes in, you hit accept, and then before you know it, it's like, bam, there you go. Yes. Me, my life history, everything I do, here's my price list, link to my website, all my other social channels. And I'm like, block. <laughs> That's not in alignment with how I do business. I'm not interested. It's, it's like that person, the person you meet at a networking event, next thing you know, they're like up in your face and you're like, okay, let's just oh. get back. <laughs> That's a really good example because I think sometimes you've definitely got people who get keyboard confident. Yeah. They feel nice and protected. You know, they're, they may be at home, they may be in their office, but they're behind a screen. Nobody can touch them. No one's going to shout at them. Yeah. And they say things that perhaps a little unkind or a little bit sharper than they would if they were face to face yes you just imagine that that person is stood in front of you nobody would walk into a networking event charge up to a random stranger and go hi i'm sue i'm a data-driven marketer ring me when you want a new website and walk off <laughs> you, you, you would not do that nobody would do that so why is it acceptable to some people that they do this online at connection sites one five for me it's like no thank you i was at a trade invading my space today <laughs> i was at a trade show and the traffic on the floor was so slow and so the vendor across from me i'm like okay let's just do a metal wire across the floor trip them and as they're getting up we'll hand them our brochure <laughs> there you go of course we didn't yeah. do that but <laughs> no i'm sure you didn't we weren't at least there's no video evidence there'd probably be cctv footage now so we <laughs> would have got away with it but <laughs> but we were desperate just take the information <laughs> yeah. and to, you know just be a real person yeah be authentic be interested in other people yeah. um just care well that's not much to ask people is it well, no, I, I stress that don't be about the selling, be about the relationships or how yes. you can help them. And I'm part of a Toastmasters group. And what has helped me a great deal with that is I'll give speeches, you know, because you can test out presentations or different things. And then all of a sudden they'll come back to me and say, Donna, what's B2B? Oh, wow. And yeah. It's just simple things like that, that I learn. Okay, Donna, slow down and realize yeah. the people you might be talking to don't know. Like when you talk about an email list, yeah. what is that? When you yeah. talk about enhancing the brand, what does that really mean? You know, so this year has taught me and being with Toastmaster, keep it simple and stupid, but also yes. 
find out about the person, ask the person questions about themselves, and then talk about how maybe you can help them. Maybe you can't. But if we talk, then we'll know. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I run a, a course with a copywriter. And between us, she brings this great content creation side. And I then help the delegates know what to do with that content once they've got it. Um, and we have this section that I'm constantly flick-flacking between. Do I talk about the marketing funnel as top of funnel, middle of funnel, bottom of funnel? Yeah, yeah. And, or do I talk about, just look at your customer journey and we talk about it in the, in the context of, um, you know, are they just sort of floating and milling around and don't really know about you or know that they need you or anything else? Versus if they identified you, are they, are they moving towards being ready to buy or are they absolutely desperate to buy from you? Right. You have to put it in different language for different people. We've presented this course to, to marketing teams who when I've gone too far down the layman's terms, they just glaze over. Oh, see. And it's like, does this woman really know what she's talking about? Versus the opposite end of the spectrum where we start talking about funnels to a group of people who are just trying to get their businesses off the ground. Right, right. And use social media effectively. You've got to judge it and you have to tailor what you're doing for your audience. Yes. But people find this really hard when they have one marketing channel of choice. Say it's just your website. You only have one homepage and one about page and one services page, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. And people have this idea that they have to cater to everybody on that one page. It's like, yeah. worry about the person who's most important to you. Who are you here to serve? Yeah. Who do you really need to connect with? And who do you want to buy from you? And I totally agree with that. But I've been like those other companies over the years where you're really? like, but I, I want to work with everybody. <laughs> you know? I, I'm I, like, I, I work with everybody. But it's really interesting when you actually start to focus in on yeah. people who you really are best positioned to serve, who really need your expertise. Yes. When you start to speak directly to those people, your conversion rates go up yeah. every time. Well, it shows you also have a specialty that you really do specialize in that yeah. space. And that comes in that knowledge. And, you know, you understand, like we were just talking about industrial auction companies and how people are registering later and later for auctions. Well, if you're not educated, or I don't want to say educated, if you haven't been in the auction space for a while, you wouldn't know what we are talking about because two years ago, you could do a promotion two weeks out and have tons of registrants two weeks before the auction started. Everyone sat back and we're like, yes, we're all set. You know, now it's more like, we you know, have a curated list of 200 yeah. hungry buyers. We're good. Yeah. Um, and so now it's, you know, five days before the auction, they have zero registrants and it's like, no. <laughs> So, you guarantee it, there's a couple of people on that team who are having sleepless nights over this. Well, you you have to, you're answering to other people, and if you have no registrants, you know there's a lot on the line there. But I do, you know, with what we're saying is, if you are a specialist in that space or a specialist in any space, you're right. If you concentrate on it, I think you and I talked about this on Friday. You'll almost not have to work as hard even and you'll get more valuable connections correct yeah and 
even in the auction side of things, um, it's a very transactional situation. And the thing with auctions is you have what you have to offer. You can't magically produce a new product or service. <laughs> the whole point is it's used, it's here, it's um, But what you can do is demonstrate your expertise as to why you are a trustworthy person to buy this particular asset from, especially when it is a specialist asset. Yeah. Um, that it's catalogued correctly, that actually what you see on the screen is what you're going to buy. Yes. Especially yes. when you've got another shipper that's going to bring it to you because you don't want it to arrive and it be something completely different. Yes. So that, that's a trust proposition as well. Yeah. And you have to get those things right. But at the same time, where we were talking about relationship earlier, sure, when you're networking or building up a professional relationship with somebody to build that trust, that's great. But when you're marketing an auction, you can't just send something out once and hope that it hits home at the right time when the reader is in the right space to absorb that information. You've got to give it multiple tries. And it's not for your benefit, it's for the recipient's benefit. Yes, yes. But, and I think we've that's- done it where we're racing around and we look at something on our mobile and we go, oh, I'll look at that later. Yeah. And of course yeah, we forget, and, and we forget. <laughs> And it's not until we see that, you know, banner come up as we're, you know, at work, we're like, oh, yeah, that's right. I wanted to yeah. do that. So I got to get on that. Exactly. And, and people anticipate that they are going to be spoon fed this information a little bit more, I think. Yeah. They don't think that they're only going to get reminded once. Right. Right. But, you know, that, of... I, I know we were talking about industrial auction, but I think you probably see that across all your clients. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're in different spaces too. So I do a lot of work with executive education and, and same thing, right. you know, working with names like Harvard and NYU is great because people open it up, but they don't necessarily sign up for those executive education classes right away because there's yeah. a process involved. One, absolutely financially, are they able to do it? Time-wise, are they able to do it? Yeah. You know, back when they were online, they used to be courses where they would go for weeks at a time to do the course. And wow. yeah, so that takes a lot of investment from a company to say, okay, we need this course. It's not going to be with a one-shot email. You know? No. And there's this, there's this whole thing of a person will have an idea that they want something. They'll start to research. And this is where you can come in and demonstrate your expertise and start to get to know somebody and get their buy-in for you, your brand, your products, your services but you are then responsible for keeping in touch with that person. It is not their responsibility to come back and find you. Right, right. They won't. Start, they won't. It's because yeah. somebody else is nurturing that relationship. Yeah, yeah. If you don't nurture it, somebody else will. Right. It's as simple and, as that. And I'm a strong believer, you know, people say like, who are my competitors? And I say, well, we all have competitors, but it also comes down to a trust, like we said, who who trusts me and also personalities. You know, you have to yeah. work with like-minded people. Absolutely. So now, you know, we've talked a lot about that industrial auction space. What type of cut companies do you work with the most now with your company? It's a pretty broad, broad spectrum, to be honest with you, across lots of different industries. I'm, I'm still working with engineering companies, and you know, I've still got a hand inside the sort of industrial auction site space. Um, but a lot of professional services companies, um, and even some B two C. We we don't deal with FMCG or e commerce or anything like that. But where somebody is um, delivering a high value product or service to a consumer, 
we find that they have a very similar buyer mindset to a B2B transaction. Okay. Yeah. So the kind of tactics that we're using cross over both spaces. So it, is, it really is a broad spectrum, but it all fits on this sort of basis of, of test, measure, and then adjust. But what that, that works for anybody. Yeah, and what would you say are their biggest challenges or their biggest, you know, when they come to you, you know, are they the saying? challenge has got to be just having way too much choice. Okay, yes, yes, you yes. You know, yes. If, yeah. if you've got a half million pound turnover and somebody presents you with a marketing plan that's going to cost you, you know, 20% of your turnover, yeah. you've got to question the sanity of that. Yeah. Um, but when you break it down to a reasonable percentage, you then have some decisions to make. Mm -hmm. And this comes back to the, well, I don't want to put all my eggs in one basket. Yes. What do I do with this? Yes. And it's, it's a big decision for business owners. There's a lot yeah. riding on it. Yeah. And it takes a lot of time too for them it's to, not. let's say you're looking at marketing platforms or you're looking like yesterday, it was a, um, like a database platform that you could go in and search for people. But, you know, $15,000 a year for, you know, 10,000. It's a huge commitment. And yeah. the thing is what you have to think about, it's not just that 15,000, you know, then what are you doing for the marketing platform? And what are you doing with the creative side? And like you said, I exactly this conversation with somebody this morning, it's, I can do this, this and this, but I'm going to be doing you a disservice if I don't do this piece as well, because this will never be seen without a traffic driver. Yes. But yeah. if you've got traffic being driven to a website, a landing page, wherever you're sending people, and there's no mechanism through which they can be a, become a lead even. Yeah. You're wasting your money on this end. Yeah. So you, that's why people come to people like you and I is, okay, so which bit do I need from all of this and how does it all come together into one plan? Well, and also just, say, yeah, and to, like you just said, just to sit there and say, you know what? No, you don't need this. Or you don't need, especially like at the beginning, these poor, I feel sorry for business own. Well, I guess I am a business owner, but, <laughs> but you know, you're bombarded by platforms and everything saying, okay, if you sign up with this, you know, the leads are going to pour in. Well, if the leads pour in, do you have the sales team set up to handle the leads? Yeah, exactly. Because I've run into that. That's yeah, great. I, I had, you I know, gave a client great leads, but there was no back end. And here we were a month later and they're like, well, what should we do with those leads? And I'm like, oh my. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, exactly. So these things don't fit in silos and whether you're using an external marketing agency or you have internal resource, it doesn't matter. If your marketing works exceptionally well, can the rest of your operations support that? Yes. And do you have things like seasonality to take into consideration? Some of our clients have yeah. got major fluctuations throughout the year. So we're not just, you can make hay while the sun shines, that's great. But it could leave you very hungry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when, when you're in one of those dips. And so you have to look at a, a balance of where to invest your time and your money. Because you're right, it is not just about money. No. Because you can outsource your marketing. People can come to me. We typically work directly with business owners yeah. um, rather than big marketing teams. And they come to me and they kind of want us to do everything, which is fine. Yeah. 
but we are representing them and their brand and their business. So they are going to have to have an input in that process. Yeah. And if they're not invested in that, we can't do the best job for them. Right. So that's not yeah. really our bag. And they also have to be able to collaborate. You know, I'm a, you know, I understand people like to keep private, you know, and separate. Th- but if you want your marketing to actually work, not only internally, you need to have all your departments talking, but if you are using mm-hmm. an external marketing agency, it behooves you to communicate with them. Absolutely. And the worst thing you can do is suddenly launch a new marketing initiative that rolls in tons of leads for your sales team to literally revolt. <laughs> Are you kidding us? We, we can barely keep up with the leads that we've got and now you've trebled them. Or, or it could be the leads that they don't really want. You know, like if you don't get the right. input from the sales team, because I've seen this, where they're getting past leads and they know that's not their bread and butter. It's not their wheelhouse for yeah. what they're offering. Yeah. I had this with a technology company and they really thought any company that was size 10 to 1500 was their sweet spot. And after we did a campaign, they found out for some reason, we don't know why, but that 250 to 399 were not interested at all in what they had to offer. Wow. It was really strange how it came out, but what we were able to do is then omit them from all future campaigns. Yeah. And then also segments. This is where it needs to be a cycle. That information needs to find its way. And this is something that I'm always challenged with. You can generate leads on the front end. You can find out fairly quickly if those leads are of a good quality or not from pretty quick feedback from sales. But then you need mechanisms to trace that right through to money in the bank. Yes. Yes. That's the bit that matters. Yes. And for some some businesses, that could be a three, four, five month or even longer period. Right. You need a feedback loop to, to not only tell you this bit worked, this bit didn't, feed that back into the machine at the front end so you don't waste money um, targeting incorrectly but you also need the feedback to go we actually thought the 500 to you know 800 was a really good sweet spot we got loads of leads but none of them ended up actually giving any money yeah yeah you know my job isn't about generating leads my job is about helping business owners generate revenue and profit yes yes that's the end goal you know you have to increase your sales you know that's what marketing is for so And there's lots of there's lots of people in our industry who will hide behind um, numbers that look good but have very little substance. Right, right. Where I even think sometimes bad numbers help educate us for the future. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, if something goes wrong, there is way more value in that. Oh, I always hear that improvement. But the trick is. Don't stick all of your budget into something when you're testing it and to do it in a small, you know, a small test. I I remember when we've looked at lists in the past and there've maybe been aggregate lists and we've gone, okay, can we take a segment of that list? Yes. Dip a toe in the water and go, we just do a little bit of that. Do we get the traction that we're looking for? Yes, we do. Okay, now we're going to do more. Yes, yes. I mean, and then if you go to a specific list, what I like to do is I separate it out. So let's say it's U.S. and international, separate out the tracking. Let's see, are we getting it from international versus U.S. or maybe separate it out by title or industry? And absolutely, you know, when I do, how can you drop and change it about? Yeah, Um, when I do these display ad campaigns, the the reporting we get 
is invaluable because it just shows how people are interacting with the client's brand and who's yeah. interested. So I don't know if you find this frustration, Smile, but you can you can get the results and you can see this is working and this isn't working as well. And it's sometimes there is this really frustrating point where it's like, how do I get this really valuable information baked into the process back at the beginning? Yeah. For the whole team, not just me sitting there in my in my little bubble of knowledge. It's like, how do I share this with a wider team so that that information is always retained and is actually used to improve the campaigns, all campaigns going forward? Yeah. Um, that's That can be quite challenging, especially when you're working with larger teams. Um, but that's, that's important because, you know, they might say, oh, we wasted our money, you know, because maybe it didn't do well. But the thing is, if you utilize the information about the failure, you are not wasting your money. And, no. you know, and I'm with you, you know, you kind of have to let any campaign or initiative ride for at least six months. Yes. It's yeah. like, <clears throat> it's like an exercise different, program. I can't go different out Different channels Mars. have got different response yeah. times. But yeah, you do have to give this time. It's just the same. And you can't just put one message out there and hope it hits home at the right time. Yeah, it doesn't work like that. You're absolutely right. I, you know what? I have held you so long already. I, I just, I know you and I could go on talking forever. We could. We um, could. <clears throat> but I have to jump to my last and final question. And, you know, oh. I'm going to quickly tie this into what we were talking about and why I find this so important about health and fitness and marketing is just like your marketing and your fitness. I can't go out and run five miles today and say, okay, I've done my exercise for the week. That's it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> All that's going to happen is I'm going to be extremely sore and not be able to get up from the chair. <laughs> So you're saying it's better if we went, all went out and did 20 minute walks every day consistently, just like our marketing, we did something consistently, yeah. then we'll really see the results. But yeah. what does Sue Bromwich do to keep yourself energized and innovative? Do you know what, there's, there's small things I've done, certainly since working remotely, um, being outside and having time outside is so important. And you don't realize that, I mean, I commuted into London for 15 years. So I had a good 30 minute walk to the station and then you've got a, a walk from a station to an office and then the same in reverse. And, you know, you don't appreciate how much time you're actually spending walking and being outside. Yes. I can't say the air is particularly fresh in the center of London, <laughs> but you get the idea. Um, and so when you start working at home um, or remotely in a smaller office, you can suddenly find yourself in an enclosed space for very long periods of time. Yes. yes. And I'm lucky I've got two dogs, so I don't actually have a choice. I have to go out and walk every day. Otherwise, they would be very upset. Um, and I'm, as you said earlier, I'm really lucky. The sea is a 10-minute walk for me. Oh, uh, nice. Yes, yes. So that, for me, is just phenomenal. I'm so, so lucky that yeah. I can step out and just 10 minutes at the water's edge just revitalizes everything it literally washes the day away yeah it is fabulous um, and i know not everybody has that lovely location that i've got lucky with me <laughs> i know but just probably I'm going, grateful for it. going to that beach edge and smelling that salt water you know that has to just and plus you just look at that massive water and you realize you know the things we all stress about are like this big, significant. there's this like you'll probably go down there there's days where i'm like like, I want to go play tennis just so I can smash them all. 
and get it out. But the thing is what I'm complaining about is so small compared to the whole world and everything. Mm -hmm. And I think you're right. If we can all with our marketing, just care a little bit more and build mm -hmm. the relationships, the success will come, but just give, you know, that's yeah. be helpful, be in service. It's, yes. You know, it's not a difficult concept to get your head around and it's no. a great place to be. Yes, it is. It makes you feel good. So it makes me feel good. Mm -hmm. So all good. Well, Sue, mm -hmm. I don't want to hold you. I thank you so much for your time. I can do this anytime you like. I can always talk with you, but thank you for your insight today. My absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the World Innovators Podcast. For more information about today's topic, email us at dpeterson at worldinnovators.com or call 860-210-8088. And please make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a future episode.